Culture will devour people and strategies seven days a week and twice on Sundays. Because if you have a great person placed into a toxic culture, they're not going to be successful and they're going to leave in very short order. Right. Hello, everybody. It is Devin with the Wildlife and Business Conference. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast where I have the one, the only, Christopher Plumley. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure to be here. Yes, I am super excited. I was looking forward all day to this interview just because... You couldn't sleep last night. I couldn't. You were so anxious for this interview. I really was because I know that you're going to share a wealth of knowledge today for Absolutely. our viewers. Absolutely. And so we're super excited. Um, but let's just dive right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, work history. What are you doing now? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, Devin. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So uh, I was blessed to play basketball in high school at Bishop Lynch. I went on to play at Southwestern University. Fortunate enough to be an All-American, got to play over in season Spain and Germany for a while. So that was phenomenal. If you have an opportunity to see Europe uh, playing basketball, I would encourage it. It's, it's, a, great, it's a great way to see Europe. But um, I worked for, uh, I was a part of Inroads growing up. And Inroads provides internships for high potential minorities. Every summer you come home and work for a Fortune 500 company. So when I got back from, uh, from Spain, actually, I started my work and I worked for, at the time, Nations Bank. Mm -hmm. And so I was working at Nations Bank as a branch manager, and I was working a ton of hours. And as you as you probably know, in the banking industry, everybody gets titles but no money. Mm -hmm. And so I quickly realized, mm -hmm. hey, I'm working a bazillion hours. I'm not making any money here. So right. mm -hmm. I went into sales, and, and long story short, I worked for uh, some incredible sales companies, got some incredible training. And I worked for companies like Kodak, uh, wow. Dell, mm -hmm. Hewlett-Packard, Pitney Bowes. And my team's typically called them the largest accounts in North America. And so I was on a plane pretty much Tuesday through Thursday every week, getting home late Thursday. And about 12 years ago, I kind of got fed up with the bureaucracy, the red tape, mm. and uh, poor leadership I was finding in some of these bigger corporations I was working with. And on the sales side, um, you could be a rock star one year, 125% of plan. And then the next year, they give you a 22% growth target, and you're struggling because 22% growth target is pretty significant. And so then everybody's like, hey, what's wrong? What happened? Why aren't you performing at a high level? I said, well, I am. It's just that you gave me a 22% growth target. Mm -hmm. So those types of things. Mm -hmm. And then the reality of it is, as we all know, in corporate America, you can be doing everything and have a great, great performance, a great track record. But somebody could come to you on Friday and say, hey, Devin, we love you, but we're downsizing. And so your job's been affected. And so we wish you nothing but the best, but here's a box, right? right. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to be in a situation where uh, that, that happened to me. And so I just say, hey, I know a ton of people. I've got great contacts. I've got incredible experience. I think I've got pretty good intellectual capital and acumen. Let me venture out on my own. Mm -hmm. And so we started Elevate about 11 years ago. And that's been a blessing. We work with Fortune 1000 companies on leadership, teamwork, motivation, uh, communication, emotional intelligence, those types of things. Wow. And ultimately, what we're finding is 52% of the population today, the work population, has quietly quit. And, and by that, yes, I mean, that's huge right now. they're doing just enough to get by mm -hmm. where you don't have to coach and counsel them, but they're not doing anything more. It's really just a job. It's mm -hmm. a nine to five gig and they're not volunteering for extra opportunities or responsibilities, those types of things. And a lot of that's driven by leadership. And so we work with these corporations to understand that a dynamic leader that is engaged, that has a high emotional intelligence, that really connects with their people on a one-to-one -one basis, 
they know them, they care about them and their families. Uh, you're going to have a very engaged workforce. And if you have an engaged workforce, that leads to greater profits and uh, everybody wins. So we've been blessed to work with some of, some very phenomenal corporations like Coca-Cola. Mm. We do work for Aramark. We do work for Boeing. We do work for Danone. We partner with Dart here locally. Uh, so we've got some incredible clients that wow. we partner with. So that's, that's wow. been kind of my journey. Wow. Well, your journey is amazing. Um, <laughs> you are now my hero. Uh, so with that being said, um, tell us a little bit about uh, people who are watching. Some are small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. Tell us some things that the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies are doing that sometimes the entrepreneur, the small business owner doesn't really tap into. Give us three big tips uh, for that kind of audience. I would honestly say the biggest thing is people development. Mm -hmm. It's been my experience. And so <clears throat> people say, oh, why do you only work with big corporations? It's, mm -hmm. Well, it's because when you start talking about the investment that it would take for, to have our team come in and partner with you to work with your leaders, either in a workshop environment or a one-on-one -on -one construct, um, that's not inexpensive. And so a lot of the smaller companies are like, oh, my goodness, I, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to make payroll this Friday. Mm. Uh, we don't really have the dollars to invest in those types of things. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, I think the bigger corporations, from what I've experienced, seem to be more strategic and thinking more long term. And they have mm -hmm. a plan for not only this year, but the next three and five years. Yeah. And a lot of the smaller businesses are scrambling and just trying to survive, like I said, get to payroll this mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. So they're not really thinking what's three or five years down the road. And the last thing I will say is um, a lot of times just finding world-class talent can be difficult in some of the smaller companies because a lot of people just like the security of working for big corporations yep. where they know they're going to have benefits, a 401k plan, those types mm -hmm. of things. And a lot of the smaller companies that we talked to early on, um, they just don't have the financial wherewithal to be able to provide some of those things to their employees today. So a lot of times that talent ends up at bigger corporations because they can get the 401k, they can get the bonuses, they can get the company car, those types of things. So. I love it. So I know that you work with companies in regards to leadership mm -hmm. and kind of training on that. Tell us a little bit about the difference between leaders and managers, because I know this is a topic that is circulating out there today. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So what we tell what we tell our clients all the time is you manage processes, right? You lead people. Mm -hmm. You manage processes. You lead people. I can hire a 24 year old kid out of A&M. To, to say, hey, when's this report going to be done? Mm -hmm. Or how are we making progress with this particular KPI or whatever the case may be? That's management. A lot of people can manage. Leading uh, says, how do I get more out of my people, right? How do I pour into them? How do I develop them? How do I nurture them where I can get more, make them more productive? And so that comes down to a lot of the things that we talk about is connecting with your team in a meaningful way, mm -hmm. uh, showing great empathy, Right. And then helping understanding where they want to be the next 18 to 24 months and trying to help them put a plan in place to get there and really support them in that endeavor. So leadership is much harder. What we see typically in corporate America is somebody's manufacturing, manufacturing widgets for 10 years. And mm -hmm. so Susan will retire. And they say, hey, Devin, congratulations. You're over the widget team now on Monday. You're like, I'm really good at manufacturing widgets. I don't know anything <laughs> about leadership. And they're like, oh, you'll figure that it out. And what happens is people don't really figure it out. Yeah. And so then you have a lot of attrition over the course of the next 12 mm -hmm. to 18 months because this person doesn't know how to lead, grow, pour mm -hmm. into, develop, nurture people. All they know how to do is manufacture widgets at a very high level. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the challenge that we're seeing in corporate America. We see we work with typically two types of, of clients. One 
is the, a leadership a leader's been in place for a thousand years and they're doing stuff that was productive in 1984 yes. but probably not so much today yes or new leaders who are like I don't even know where to start, you know, and so help us kind of grow and develop our skill set. So um, that's primarily where we spend the preponderance of our time. But the great thing for us is that irrespective of how long you've been leading, there's still some things that you can learn. There's still some things that you can refine. Mm -hmm. There's still some skill sets that you have to pick up. And the very best leaders that we work with, they're trying to get 1% better every day. Mm, that's really good. And I feel like, especially if you are a business owner and you're hiring for employees, um, knowing where to place somebody based off of this person has really good qualities with leadership skills. This person has really good managerial qualities. So my question to you is um, when it comes to hiring the right people for a position, what tips and tricks do you have in that regard? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is you, we, we talk so much about behavioral interviews, mm -hmm. you know, Tell me about a time when, tell me about experience when you did this. Mm -hmm. And then um, the great thing today is there's a there's online assessments that you can give to potential um, leaders to to say, hey, this job, this job really requires these things to be very successful. Mm -hmm. Whatever those five to seven traits are, there's an there's an online quiz that you can give to suss out which candidate is best equipped based on those five or seven attributes or traits. So that's another way to do it. And then I think. Uh, you know, past performance is probably the best predictor of future performance. So if you can find somebody that's had great success in the past, talk to people that they've worked with, how are they with uh, conflict? How are they withholding people accountable? How are they with emotional intelligence? And so that's, those are the things that you're really trying to ferret out. At the end of the day, you can probably teach the person your particular software, widget, whatever it is, but it's those leadership skills that make all the difference in the world. And that's going to make sure that you have a high performance team that's over delivering on results. Mm, that's really good. How do you create a company culture that makes employees want to stay with you over time? I love that. That's a great one. We, we tell, we, we put up a slide in our, in our workshops around mm -hmm. leadership. It says, um, uh, strategy, people or culture, which mm -hmm. one's the most important. Mm -hmm. And about a third to say, Oh, it's people. You got to have the right people. A third will say strategy. If you don't have the right strategy, you're not going to be successful. And then a third, get it right. It's culture. Culture will devour people and strategy seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Because if you have a great person placed into a toxic culture, they're mm -hmm. not going to be successful and they're going to leave in very short order. Right. So you have to first, as a leadership team, you have to assess what do we want our culture to be? You have a culture by design or by default. Mm. If you haven't carefully crafted and cultivated a culture, you still have one. It just may not be the one that you want to attract and retain the best talent. So you have to decide what type of culture do we want here in our organization? Um, and that's typically one that treats people with respect, dignity, mm -hmm. uh, allows people to show up as their authentic selves every day, uh, as their whole selves every single day, where we embrace diversity. Uh, it's not mm -hmm. just a pithy expression on our website but we actually embrace diversity. We value that. Mm -hmm. We tap into those people to get diverse thoughts and views because we all know that's going to make us much more productive and much more profitable over time. So first you have to decide what do we want that to look like, right? Number one. Number two, you have to find ways to communicate that and reinforce mm -hmm. it. And so, uh, and then lastly, you have to hire very specifically folks that are going to fit and thrive in that particular culture. I'll give you a prime example. When I was at Dell, Dell's a very fast-paced culture. Yeah. And if you didn't respond to a text or an email within two hours, that person went over your head. And so, and then 
you, if somebody sent you a text or an email at midnight, the expectation is before morning, you're going to respond to that text or email. Yeah. Not a bad culture, mm-hmm. uh, but that culture is not for everybody. Right. But that is Dell's culture. So uh, some people thrive in that culture. I enjoyed it profusely. But other people are like, at five o'clock, I'm shutting this thing down and don't call <laughs> me to nine o'clock tomorrow. Morning. You're not right. going to be successful in that culture. And so I'm, I'm, I'm again, Dell's not a bad culture at all. It's just a very defined culture. And you have to understand that. And you have to hire people that are going to be successful in that type of an environment. But you, you touched on it eloquently. At the end of the day, there's nothing more important than culture. If you don't get that right, uh, you just there's no way to be successful over the long, ta- over the long term. Mm, that is, you are just, I hope you guys are taking notes, okay? You are absolutely amazing. I I'm love, dropping nuggets today, <laughs> these Devin. These are nuggets. <laughs> guys, look. My invoice is going to be crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so my question, my next question is uh, change. You mentioned mm. change earlier mm. on, and I feel like, you know, you have people who start companies, maybe they started it like in 1960, and now this is a huge company right sure. now, you know? Sure. Um, but we're at a point, especially in today's environment and culture in the United States, uh, you know, things are changing. They're changing quick. And, 100%. Um, how do you still manage a company or oversee a company and flow within change and time and all of that. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, that we, we put up another slide in our workshops that talks about um, the fact that you're either evolving or you're dying. That's it. There is no C. So we put up Kodak. We put up Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. We put up Toys R Us. And so what do all these companies have in common? Mm-hmm. They're either bankrupt or they no longer exist. And we talk a lot about Kodak and the fact that Kodak had digital technology, yeah. but they made the fateful decision that the marketplace wasn't ready for it yet. And Kodak had 83% of the marketplace at the point at that point in time. And Kodak basically said, hey, we don't want to cannibalize our own market share. Yeah. <laughs> and so now you go from one of the most respected companies on the planet for over 120 years, and today they're selling their patents to make payroll. So we, we really crystallize the point that you're either evolving or you're dying. That's it. And so you have to fundamentally understand that what got us here won't get us there. So you have to create an Mm -hmm. environment that not only embraces change, but is looking for it and trying to get ahead of the competition because that you're, you know, if you look in your rearview mirror, it says objects may be closer than they appear. Mm -hmm. That's your competition and they're breathing down your neck. So if you're not constantly trying to innovate and come up with creative ideas and strategies to stay two, three, four steps ahead of your competition. And you want to solicit input from your clients as well Mm -hmm. and understand what the competition is doing. So you really have to have somebody very mindful uh, in a team that's executing on where we are today. That's typically the chief operating officer to make sure that we're executing on those tasks and KPIs in front of us right now. But your CEO really needs to be the visionary who's thinking not about today and this week, but about the next three to five years. And what are we doing to meet our clients in that space? And what are we doing to stay ahead of our competition? If you're not, you're, you're going to be on our list of Kodak and Blockbuster, Blockbuster and Toys R Us and those types of companies. Yeah, yeah. Kmart. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Shout out. To- yeah. <laughs> Do not be that. But no, with that being said, so Wildlife and Business Conference, right? Yes. Um, yes. The uh, overarching theme this year is embracing the journey. Mm. And I feel like you can really probably resonate with that just with, I mean, your expertise and flowing through um, your career. Can you talk to us a little bit about how to truly embrace your journey and knowing that it's going to come with ebbs and flows? 
That's powerful, 100%. So what we tell all of the clients that we work with on a coaching level is, you know, you have to have, you have to start with a plan, right? Mm -hmm. You have to understand, these are the things that I really want to get accomplished over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. Understanding that the vicissitudes of life and business are going to get in the way, but you have to at least start with a game plan, right? Yeah. And then you want to build out your team. And by that, I mean, you want to have somebody who's a coach, somebody who's an advocate, um, somebody who's a mentor. And so you want to check in with your team at least once a month at a minimum uh, to see and chart kind of your progress and, and where you're going with things. So that's critically important. And you want to have somebody that's holding you accountable to the things that you said you wanted to get done. Mm -hmm. You also want to make sure that you're trying to grow and get better every month, every quarter. So what are you doing from a training, learning perspective mm -hmm. to grow your own skill set? Mm -hmm. And the old maxim is true. It's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows what you know. Mm. And so you want to make sure that the people that are making those decisions behind closed doors, they know, A, what are you trying to get to, what your performance has been, and what new skill sets have you taken on over the course of the last quarter, right? And so those things are critically important. And at the end of the day, you have to understand that there's going to be challenges, right? There's going to be obstacles and impediments placed in front of you. But what I love, we put up a slide that shows... Um, uh, a, a race where there's a, like a 110 meter obstacle mm -hmm. and invariably somebody will knock down one or tip two. But if you ask them at the end of that race, how many obstacles did you hit? How many hurdles did you hit or knock down? They have no idea why, because they weren't focused on the obstacles. Mm. They were focused on the finish line. Right. So that's what we tell our clients. Stay focused on the finish line. You'll have obstacles. You'll have impediments. But make sure you have a dynamic team in place that's going to hold you accountable, keep you positive, keep you upbeat. And the last thing I'll say is it's important to have a, a journal that you keep every day. And in that journal, you want to write down five things that happen today that are positive. Because with the vicissitudes of life, it's easy to get down because this happened or that happened or whatever. But I promise you, irrespective of what happens today, there are some really positive things that happen today also. So we want you to focus and fixate on those positive things that happen to keep you buoyed and keep you uplifted for your journey. Mm, that is so good. I have one more question. Talk for to you. me. So I know that among all the amazing things that you have done and who you are, you also are a family man. I am. Tell us a little bit about the tips that you have for people who also are, you know, maybe a wife or a husband, you know, have children, but they're also chasing this dream, whether that be climbing the ladder in corporate America or, you know, starting a small business or being an entrepreneur or a creative. How do you balance the two in a way that, well, really is just balanced? And, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, some people say work-life balance is a myth. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I do think it's, it becomes more challenging when you're in the early stages of a career and you're trying to grind mm -hmm. and you're trying to build and all those types of things. Yes. But family's important. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't have your health, if you don't have your family, none of it really matters, right? So mm -hmm. what are your priorities? And you have to make time that you're, even if you have to schedule it, you want to make time that, sure that you're blocking time with your family. So like for me, I work insane hours. I'm typically up till one o'clock every, every morning, which is probably not great long-term, but, um, <laughs> but I do make time that mm -hmm. I shut it down um, around dinner time, and I'll spend that time with my beautiful wife of 25 years and my amazing son, and we just spend some quality time as a family, or we plan to get together and go to my son's basketball games, mm. or we'll block time for date night on a Saturday. Every Saturday night, we have date night. Mm. We go to church together as a family. So it's those critical moments that you have to find the time to make sure that you're really connecting with your family in a meaningful way, because at the end of the day, if you don't have your health, if you don't have your family, 
none of the rest of the stuff truly matters, honestly. And so, and, and it really just slowing down and listening. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of times, you know, you're going so fast, you're running 110 miles an hour, you're kind of passing each other in the night. Yeah. So you have to really be intentional about slowing down and listening and hearing and observing, all those types of things. So I'm very, uh, very intentional about doing that with my wife and also with my son, Hamilton. I love that. How do we get connected with you? Uh, so uh, anybody that wants to reach out, anybody that has some opportunities around leadership, teamwork, motivation, uh, the best way to reach me is Christopher.plumley at elevatestrategyinc.com. And uh, somebody from my team will reach out to you the same day. Uh, we're hyper responsive. Uh, we've been able to build these partnerships over the course of the last decade is because I think we're really good at what we do. We really value our client relationships. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had somebody ask me for the first time, because typically when somebody calls me, they know me. One of my favorite phrases is your network will determine your network. Yes. Every single client that I work with has mm -hmm. a learning and development group. And that person will get asked, hey, why are you bringing in a third party? Are you aware of the fact that we have a learning and development group? And the response is, well, your team, God bless them, they're great, but they learned all this stuff in New York six months ago at a workshop that our company gave them. Christopher's done it for 25 years. He's mm -hmm. done it for 25 years at some of the biggest corporations on the planet. So he's not having to think, if you ask him a question about leadership, teamwork, motivation, emotional intelligence, what did, what did my company teach me six months ago in New York during our training? He's tapping into a reservoir of 25 years, right? right, right, right and so right. there's literally nothing I haven't seen leading and managing and growing and developing high performance teams over the course of the last 25 years. I've seen it all. I've done it all. So it's just a different level of intellectual capital I'm bringing to the party. Um, so we've been blessed. We've been fortunate. We've got some very incredible relationships and uh, we're obviously looking to grow in 2024. I'm so excited to just continue um, to watch Elevate just dominate the market as far as the clientele that you guys Elevate, have. Dominate. Yes, I, I like Elevate, dominate. Yes. Branding. There we go. Uh, and just as far as the wealth of knowledge that you bring to the table, thank you so much for being a speaker this year at the WOW Conference and also being on the podcast. Guys, the WOW Conference is February 17th, okay? 12 to 7 p.m. here in Farmer's Branch. Please get your ticket if you have not already because if not, you're going to miss out on the wealth of knowledge that is going to be shared this year at the conference okay if you like this video please make sure to give it a thumbs up comment some nuggets that you took away as well and make sure to connect with christopher here have a wonderful day and thanks for tuning in bye